0: Okay, here we well, go. well, well, welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska Show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Man, we've taken a couple of weeks off on the Must Read Alaska Show because we did, I don't know, probably 30 episodes and two and a half months. That was a lot of episodes to do, and uh, we're back. So we want to thank everybody that tunes into the Must Read Alaska Show, that reads, w- watches, or listens. Uh, Must Read Alaska, man, we cannot thank you enough. We exist. Uh, for you, the everyday person that loves and cares about Alaska. And we have a treat for you today. We have Eric Dowell. Hope I'm saying your last name right, Eric.
1: Well, we're it's not Dowell. All the football coach would have called me Doadley, but uh, <laughs> we're going to Dowd- hear a- all about
0: Eric's story. He has got a fascinating story. He uh, just got done filming a uh, a TV show up here in Alaska that we're going to hear all about with the Magnolia Network, the network that's owned by the uh, famous Chip Gaines uh, that does all those home improvement shows. Um, he's kind of like the modern. Don't forget, day don't forget
1: Joanna. Or she'll come after you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me on, John. Well, we're gonna get more and we're gonna we're gonna get more kind of in depth into what this show is, how it came about, um, and and kind of what your art is. But first, can you tell us just kind of where you grew up and and what first got you interested in
1: art in the first place? The elevator speech. Oh okay. Um, yeah, I grew up in, I grew up in the West. I uh, born in uh, Idaho, but I moved to the east, and folk art is big in the East Coast, and so I was introduced later on in my life. My specialty was realism. Um, but I was I was raised in a big family, t- uh, ten boys, two girls, 12 kids. So storytelling around the dinner table, that was our thing. It didn't matter if it was politics. It didn't matter if the stories were true. Um, But uh, I learned after being introduced into folk art that it's a great storytelling genre. And so to combine art and storytelling and to take it to a new level was kind of how it all began. I had a phenomenal high school art teacher Mm -hmm. named Rudy Gunner. Uh, So anybody who's out there thinking they're making a difference or whether or not they're helping out. If you're a teacher, I mean, I give so much credit to this man. He's since passed. Uh, He was my my high school teacher in Green River, Wyoming. Um, So I love a little bit of uh, manure in my boots growing up in in the West on on the farm. Um, But storytelling is really the root of what I do. And to go to a city or a place and to explore and meet people and then put those people into a painting it's kind of been the journey, but so many people have helped along the way. It's kind of a joyful accident. Half the time I'm running from debt and I'm building to pay the debt. And all of a sudden before (laughs) you know it, after doing radio, television, puzzles, and so many different things, you've built something and it really wasn't a plan, but uh, it it was just to build and and pay off the debt. And here we are uh, getting to travel to wonderful places like Alaska and tell its story. So there's the the speech. Well, somewhere along the lines, you
0: kind of decided that, man, this folk art thing is pretty awesome. What if we made this folk art into puzzles, which is a very unique niche uh, kind of audience? Tell me about how the heck did you come up with that idea? Because I think it's uh, an ingenious idea, obviously, because it's working out pretty well for
1: you. Tell us that story. That's a great question because... I mean, you're not sitting in art school thinking, uh, you know, puzzles is where it's at. <laughs> you're thinking you want to be an artist. And of course I do. And every artist wants their art to be seen. You want people to stop and talk about it. And and we're in such a fast pace nowadays. And you're competing with television and explosions every five minutes, the media. And we really don't take time to look at art. Um I started making puzzles about 25 years ago, uh, mainly because I was I was doing a puzzle with somebody, and I went, wow, this is a lot of fun. There's something about relaxing, letting your hair down. You get honest. Uh, people tell stories. Uh, you know, they just uh, – my kids are usually confessing things to me uh, um, subconsciously and not knowing it, and I'm making notes. Uh, it, it's just – there's something about a puzzle that's really fun. But what was really the eye-opener for me – is when I studied Courier and Ives, you know, the 1800s, they put art on the map, they gave art to the, uh, or made it possible for the average person to have art in their home. And think about it, in the 1800s, that was television, a piece of art. So they would gather around a a painting and talk about it for half an hour and study it. And we're just not going to do that. And uh, I realized after a while that the average person that does a puzzle spends three hours depending on how good you are, maybe five hours. And that's a lot of engagement with a subject. So when I'm painting a place, or and in a lot of ways, I look at myself as a promoter in the sense that uh, when I'm done with a location like Alaska, where we're going to make a puzzle, we're going to make prints, we have a television show, I'll talk about it on radio, whatever I can do before I know it, I, I, I've just done this huge promotion on a place where um, I get to share everything Alaska in a painting, and they get to do it over and over. 10,000 puzzles equals about 100,000 hours of engagement. Wow. That is 50,000 movies. That's that's amazing, and I, it wasn't until I realized that where I went, I'm, I've been kind of ungrateful. I need to embrace the puzzle thing. Well, I bet, so I, I
0: bet that's a huge number, especially for artists, and I bet when you look at that big number, you can kind of sit back and relax and, and feel good about the puzzles uh, that you're making because man, if people are spending that amount of time on your art, that's pretty cool.
1: I I, I do feel better. It is fun. And the, the name of the show, the peacemaker is focused around the puzzle. Maker. Not peace as in P E A because from a family of 12, there's no peace in that home, but uh, P I E C peacemaker. So it's oh, a, yeah. uh, it's a fun little journey. So you went from, you know, being an artist, you,
0: Doing puzzles, and you're approached by maybe the, the Magnolia Network. Tell us about that story about how you know this came to fruition about doing a new show with Magnolia and coming up to Anchorage to have one of the episodes
1: fil- be filmed here in Anchorage. Well, thank you for asking that question because I'll kind of go backwards. I've I've been going to Alaska for years. And uh, with the cruises and things like that. Uh, and so when I began the the season with Magnolia, it's our first show. It was the one I wanted to go to the most. I've been there so many times. It's just such a fun story. The way it all got started, again, trying to tell a big story, uh, at first, you know, I'm media, I like to throw events or different things, but going into radio for first, learning that craft, and you've been doing it a long time. there's just something special about the freelance of telling a story on radio. It's not not as edited. It's uh, really organic. And then from there, uh, I I shot a pilot in Cancun and it was awful. I don't know how it ever made made it to the light of spring break MTV. (laughs) It it was really, it was poor, but somebody found something good in it. Um, And uh, it made it onto PBS and, Amazon TV, and then uh, BYU TV, and a few other networks. And then from there, we decided, let's take it to the next level. So we've interviewed and put it out to various people, Discovery Plus uh, uh, grabbed a hold of it, and then it fit under the Magnolia Network's business model. And so now you can watch it on uh, Magnolia and uh, Discovery Plus streaming and HBO Max. But it's that, what I just gave you is a 10-year journey it tv moves slow it it, uh, takes its time it's methodical Uh, radio not so much that's one of the things i like about radio you can do a program and it's out the next day and it's fun but uh, this is like your fourth season then yeah i did three seasons of what was called painting the town and then Mm -hmm. uh this one uh we started filming last uh last july and uh we, we made it out to Anchorage right away. And yeah, it, it was it was as soon as we hit Anchorage and we there's so much travel involved in doing um Alaska, it made for a bigger story. It, having it be the first episode is so important because you know when you go to a certain location, like if you do Chicago, you're right there in Chicago. It's not a lot of travel. Alaska's a lot of movement, and if anybody's ever Uh, a little insecure about going to a big place like that. The only advice I could give him, and we experienced this as a, as a camera crew and as a film crew, and that is your drive, wherever you're going in Alaska is as joyful as when you get there, it's never boring. There's always something to look at. And these are the kind of stories I get to tell after I'm done with the city and place. And hopefully you feel that when you're watching this episode uh, about the, the, the gateway to the West, the gateway to the frontier. I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure. So for, for somebody that's listening, that is very
0: intrigued about what they're hearing, what could somebody experience if they go back and watch some of your shows or or watch this new show with the Magnolia Network? What's kind of gonna be their experience without giving away the the secrets of the the episode that's gonna to release tomorrow?
1: Yeah, secrets. I don't know if there's many secrets. I'm I'm pretty wide open. I like to have a good time. John, if you and I met on the road, there's a good chance you and I, w- we would put you in the show. So painting the town was very spontaneous. I mean, there's 15 segments. I'm eating food, talking to people, and then you'll find that person in the painting, and it's kind of fun. You'll, you'll fall in love with different characters. Um, I, I call it folk art. My definition of folk art is the interaction between people and their environment. So I think the people make the town. Um, And so when you're watching paint the Town, it's going to be a little snappy. It's going to be a little quick. It's a little more travel oriented. Um, But as you transition into the Peacemaker, you're going to see a little bit more of the artistic approach, the why I paint it the way I do, what I see when I'm painting. Um, And yes, you'll still meet some people and you'll you'll get the feel of what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, There's some... Some questions I'm asking myself as I'm creating. I think one of the greatest gifts that we have as Americans or anybody who lives in a free country, um, freedom equals creativity. And so I really focus in on the fact that when you open your mind to the possibilities and then just let it come to you, you're going to have a great experience. And so uh, in the end, with this this new episode or this new series of The Peacemaker, you're going to learn a little bit about art and a little bit about the place and a little bit about the people of that place.
0: That's awesome. So there's going to be, there's also going to be folks listening to this, you know, maybe a mom or a dad who has got a kid who's in art school, or maybe uh, somebody who just finished art school, and they're going to be dragging this kid by the ear to say, come listen to this. This is an artist who's made it. What advice would you give to somebody that's in college that now has Instagram and Facebook at their fingertips and TikTok and all these things at their fingertips to where maybe they are not going to have their own TV show, but they have their own uh, media in front of them to be able to utilize. What kind of advice would you give to uh, art students uh, out there that are thinking, how the heck am I going to make a living being an artist?
1: Boy, I, I can't think of a better time to be an artist than right now. So my first advice is don't listen to the, the old starving artist routine. Um, with the the media, the personal social media and YouTube and these things at our fingertips, the ability to market yourself and put yourself out there and be seen has never been greater. I mean, usually, or in the past, you'd have to go through the festival market, which is where I went, or you had to go through the galleries, and and they're very tight and very difficult to make it into. Now, if you have a passion and a love of art of any kind You're going to find that if you paint what you love, you will find somebody out there who loves it like you do, and they will naturally come to you. So anybody who's thinking about being an artist, if you're passionate about it and you love it, um, there's never a better time to really pursue that craft because of, of the social media and your ability to let yourself be known. I mean, at first when I had a television show I would tell people, and and it was almost like, yeah, I have a television show. And they're like, yeah, so do I. Everybody has a television show now. And it's (laughs) it's not like back when we grew up where there was four channels and it was really something. um, Yeah, now there's ESPN 7. Yes, that's (laughs) right. And it's it's checkers. um, (laughs) And you're going to see the championship whether you like it or not. So, So, yeah, yeah, uh, never a better time to be an artist. That would be my only uh, advice.
0: That's awesome. So what's next for you? You got this show on the Magnolia Network. Do you, you know, if you could uh, flick a switch or ask a genie in a bottle, are you living this, the dream or do you have, do you still have plans that to. The uh, dream to, never ends. John, world?
1: what's your next, what's your next step? I'm sure that you've got it all planned out. I know sometimes it's an accident, but I, I do have a plan ever since I was a little kid. I I looked at the calendar and being from a big family, a patriotic family, I saw the year 2026, and I'll be 58 at that point. And I've really been eyeing America's 250th birthday. So uh, 10 years ago, uh, it's kind of a fun story. Obama put out uh, the information like, hey, America's birthday's coming up. Any ideas on how to celebrate it? And I sent in my ideas. And... Um, they said in two years, in 2018, we'll open up the mailbox and look at all the ideas. Well, when they did, there was only one idea in the whole mailbox. And so it was my plan. And so I'm I'm get, trying to get America ready for its 250th birthday. I'm going to different cities. We're doing programs and events where I'm painting their town. And some of them are just unknown towns, small towns. And they are the best cities. They really do love their, their, their home. We do a an event where we unveil the painting. We're putting up giant puzzle walls in these cities. That's pretty um, cool. So are and, and so you doing this right now
0: or is this planned down? Yeah, the we've
1: already done a couple. We're nice. we're now marketing it. We're letting cities know that if they want to participate in America's 250th birthday and the documentary that we're putting together, um, they can join us in this in this uh, and they can participate or sign up to be one of those cities. And so that's what I'm working on now for the next few years. After that, who knows? Yeah, something will come up, but I'm really focusing on America's 250th birthday. I
0: think that 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 is gonna be a well-received art project because I think uh, people do appreciate um, America and its history, especially folks who live here and who've experienced the opportunity that America presents itself. And so uh, I think telling those stories through art, uh, you're gonna find yourself on the right side of the tracks. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the 250th anniversary is about the strangest name that you'll ever come across. It's like Quincentennial. Oh yeah. Five. Good luck announcing
1: pronouncing that.
0: Yeah. It's like a name that nobody
1: ever knows how to pronounce. Susquicentennial. Quintus said. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, so where tell us where somebody can find the show this Saturday. Is it HBO Max and Amazon? Give us those details.
1: Yeah, if you want to watch the old show, Painting the Town, YouTube. It's really simple. But uh, the new show, The Peacemaker, is on Magnolia Network. And it debuts or premieres at, uh, I guess, in Alaska. It's going to be 5 o'clock on Saturday. um, 6 o'clock here in Utah. uh, And 9 o'clock on the East Coast. Um, Yeah, 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock there in Alaska. The first episode is Anchorage. And the second one is Kona. Nice. Kona, Hawaii, and in the meantime, if you can't catch it at those times, it's streaming live on on, uh, on Discovery Plus and HBO Max. And then every week, a new episode comes out for the next seven weeks, and then we're off and filming season number two.
0: That's awesome. Well, two of my favorite places are Alaska and the Kona Four Seasons. So you're hitting it off with the two. Good- oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that those are
1: two good spots.
0: Well, you we wish nothing but success here at Mustard Alaska. And for folks listening, we are going to do a puzzle giveaway. So, if you are listening to this post, I'm going to post it in the description as well. If you like, tag, share uh, the post, uh, and comment on the post, those could be four different ways to enter to win. You could enter to win a puzzle from Eric, which is very exciting. I think we're going to do a wooden puzzle, and I and I believe you've done already three puzzles on Alaska. I looked at your website, Ketchikan, Juno, and maybe some other place, Sitka.
1: Yeah, Juno, Skagway. Skagway's in
0: there. Yep. So So we're going to be giving away a puzzle, folks. Uh, So all you have to do is like, comment, tag a friend, or share this post. And you could do all four of those and have four entries. And then we're going to send, I'm going to draw an actual name out of a hat. We're very high tech here at Mustard Alaska. And somebody will win a puzzle, which is very exciting. So, before we leave, Eric, you
1: have any last minute thoughts before we head on out? Well, you're very kind to have me on. I, I if anybody who's listening to this who's from Alaska, you know what uh, the show is going to be about because you've lived it. The people in Alaska they embrace their environment. It's a story unlike any other place in the world, and I'm really excited to share it with uh, with everybody. It's it's a place you'll want to go back if you've been there. And if you have it, you've got to go. So can't wait. Awesome. Well, we're going to
0: also put the a link to your uh, uh, puzzle website on the uh, description here in the podcast. I, I want to encourage folks to go check these out. These, now, if you thought you've seen some pretty cool puzzles before, wait till you look at Eric's. They are phenomenal, literally pieces of art. So make sure you go out and check that out. Um, and Eric, have fun with your show. I'm sure it's going to be very successful. I can't wait to see the... Quincentennial,
1: yes (laughs) which you'll be a part of John why not (laughs) why not
0: hey I'd love to come out and uh, join you on one of your uh, trips around uh, the U.S. I love I love U.S. history so um, until next time I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska